0: What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast.
1: Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and
0: Death. On my job like Dave and Death. Tell no lie like Dave and Death. Some days I wanna stay
1: in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Death. And it go like, I don't need a crew, don't play by he say she say rules. Complain? No, we can't do. I rather have faith, while God make moves So please stay cool. All I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself, no lie. I need grace too. We live like EKU,
0: yeah. What's up, good morning, Devin?
2: Yo, good morning, Dave. How you doing?
0: I'm good, man. Saturday, July 18th.
2: Halfway happy, through another month, man. Happy 51st episode.
0: Happy 51st episode, yep. Yo. Hey, we got some exciting things on the way, bro.
2: We do. We got this, uh we got this, we got Dave and Dev merch that's out right now. We got on the way. And we we have a hip hop contest that's going out. So if you tag your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited about it, too. I think it's been fun branching out, doing different things. Uh, You know, I'm excited about the possibility of having some merch. I'm a big gear guy. So it's exciting. We both love hip-hop, as we talked about last week. So if you know somebody, make sure you tag them on our newest Instagram post. It's the orange one. It's got a little dude rapping. Go make sure you hit that up. And be on the lookout next week for when we pick a winner and we feature him on the podcast. Yes, sir. Well, man, I'm super excited about today's episode as well. Devin, why don't you tell everybody who we got on?
2: Yo, today we got another special guest, my brother from another uh, teammate at EKU, but brother in Christ, Mr. Tommy Matthews. Tommy, I'm going to say your full name. I'm (laughs) I'm not going to disrespect you like that on the pod. I'm just going to say Mr. Tommy Matthews on the pod. How you doing, Tom?
1: I'm good. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yes sir. Yes sir. Yo, before we start, uh tell the little tell the people about a little bit about yourself. Uh so I'm
1: originally from uh Prince George's County, Maryland. Uh, PG County shout. What's up? Yeah. So uh DMV. Yeah, I grew up in PG. Um I went to college at Eastern Kentucky, played basketball. Um had a pretty enjoyable time there where I met Devin and Dave. Um, and then I, I left from Eastern Kentucky to uh, I went, uh, dabbled in college coaching for a little bit, did two years um, <clears throat> you know it, it was, I enjoyed that and so after that I um, moved back home to D.C. and um, now I'm, you know, working for the government uh, contracting and so yeah, that's that's pretty much my story I'm married now, just got married and been what eight months now? So yeah, so I'm, I'm I got I'm dealing with some new seasons in life. So yeah, that's that's pretty much my story.
2: What's up, Tom? Sure. Before we start, real quick, uh I just want to say uh, how 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 fun was uh, being a being a college basketball coach and on you know on the road, have being responsible for all the managers.
1: <laughs> that I mean it. it I tell you I only had one bad experience and this is the worst possible experience you could ever have. So, hey, speak
2: speak on it. <laughs> speak on. It. <laughs>
1: um that experience, I tell you, I I didn't do my due diligence as I should have. So, uh um and I'm not really a micromanager. I expect people to get their job done. But um yeah, so we were on a road trip and I'll just say we didn't come fully prepared, and uh, I, I don't want to put the school – well, I, I didn't even say the school's name, so I, I, I'll go ahead and say. So we we're on the road, and, um, you know, we have a regular game day return. The, the freshmen grab all their stuff. Um, they Freshmen grab all the gear. They put it on the bus. The manager checks behind the freshmen. I worry about, you know, getting the food so we have a good pregame meal um, while all that stuff's going on. And, um, yeah, so we get to the game, and I get off the bus. And, you know, I'm ready. I got my suit on. I'm, I'm listening to the music jamming, you know, getting my pregame routine. You know, it's different as a coach. One of the players come out and says, hey, coach, uh, we don't got the bags. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Let's go to the bus and go get them. He said, no, 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 coach, coach, coach. <laughs> we don't have the bags. I said, no, what, oh. what, 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 do, you, what do you mean? <laughs> he said, like, the bags aren't here. They're on the bus, right? He said, no, 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 coach. We didn't bring them. Man, that my heart started racing. So I go in the locker room. I said, oh, yeah, who, who playing games? Where, who, where the bags at? I said, they said, coach, we, we didn't bring them. And so if you're wondering what the bags are, the bags are the uniforms, the foam rollers, stretch bands, <laughs> everything's in the bags. Oh, my. And then I, asked, I said, yo, freshman, what, what, what are you doing? Why, why didn't y'all bring the bags? I thought somebody else got the bags. And then I asked the managers, I said, you didn't check up behind them? <laughs> and I'm just looking, and then I got to go tell my boss, like we don't got the uniforms and you know how it is embedded so we got beat by 30 Bro. that day and <laughs> uh... the other team's uniform
2: <laughs> Bro, <laughs> hey, you know, i remember you calling me i was like he said i'm done i'm done <laughs>
0: I can't this. Bro, that's got to be one of the worst, like, imaginable things in sports. No, I can't. I, I wear... bet that coach was ready to murder you, bro. <laughs> bro
2: you had to wear the other team's uniforms. You got beat by thirty-two.
1: <laughs> that was the. Uh, that was the only bad experience I had coaching. I promise, the only one.
2: Oh man, that that is comedy, bro.
1: Straight comedy.
0: Listen, well, that's man, I cannot imagine.
1: <laughs> How did that not end up on like SportsCenter, and not top ten? Right man, I I don't know, man. I just know that like it was. I mean, it got into it. Did get into a news article, newspaper article though, but. <laughs> Yeah, I tried my hardest to bury that. So.
2: <laughs>
1: All right, well we just rose it back up one time for the pod, but we'll we'll let it go back down <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> uh,
2: man, I had to put that on record as the funniest story I've ever heard in culture. Yeah.
0: That's for real hilarious. Well, Tommy, so you're back in DC, right, man? So you're you're you work as a contractor for the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously 2020's been probably like the wildest year of all time <laughs> in our lifetime at least. Yeah. So talk a little bit about what it's been like just being in DC in the midst of kind of even COVID, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the writing, uh, different things like, th- not just the writing, but the, the protesting, things like that. Like talk a little
1: bit about that. Um, Honestly, I, the riot, the protesting. So I did, I, I went down and I protested once and it was a, it was a, organization called faith plus works and so um they're they're based on uh, it's a christian-based organization and they they basically put out a platform for christians to march against um racial injustice in america and kind Mm -hmm. of racial reconciliation so it was good we we marched we sang songs sang hymns um there were um so a lot of the churches met east of the river um which is uh Southeast and Northeast. And so we, we, we all marched to the Capitol and then we marched in front of the white house and we were singing songs and, um, we had a big prayer, uh, a big prayer meeting right in front of the, um, Capitol. And so that's really my only experience with protesting. I know a lot of other people that went out there and, um, you know, they said for the most part, it's been peaceful. Um, they said, but, you know, as everywhere in the nation, the first couple of nights were pretty, um, crazy uh but as far as like the climate um i mean dc is a pretty liberal um city um it's kind of turned into that over the years as um people have moved in and out um and as they built the city up um there's you know the gentrification problem that's going on everywhere so it's 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 um it's been an interesting dynamic because uh majority of dc is black um and 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 most of the black people are being pushed out so as far as a racial um climate in dc it's like wow yeah it's liberal there's still that racial problem in dc and um but many people have been open to you know reconciling with the races of of black and white and you know all the other minorities so it, it it's been um it's been an interesting kind of time uh in 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 the uh
2: social justice realm yeah that's what's up it's uh dc is like well obviously it's it's the capital of our country but it's the epicenter like because everything that happens there is political Mm -hmm. and so um with the climate that that we're in right now um and it also being an election year Um, do you think things have been just a little bit more intense because it's an election year or just because, uh, just because it's it's DC?
1: Uh, So I'll say it hasn't been this intense for a long while. Like, I mean, I I, I imagine now it spiked a little bit, you know, the first election year when Donald Trump first won. Yeah. But um, I don't know that it's been this crazy. I think, you know, I I've I described it to my wife as uh this is there hasn't been um there has never been a time in history where it's been so convenient to address these political issues on this stage.
2: Yeah, mm. I feel like a little bit of it has been a little bit like it's a combination of a lot of things. Like it's, mm-hmm. been, it's been more intense because of you know COVID and everyone's been quarantined for so long, but then it's also been. Like, people are tired of the president. Like, they just, they're tired of it. It's Like, in D.C. especially, because y'all have to, y'all deal with it first.
1: No.
2: And, and, like, you have a mayor that's completely opposite of the president of the United States.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: In, in, in every way I can think of.
1: No,
2: yeah. And plus that with the current events, put all that in one city, that's D.C. right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think it's really interesting, too, Devin, because you bring up a point, like, you know, people are tired of, like, the president. and I I think that that's probably true. But I also think it's people that, like, are so gung-ho for the president that, like, are, are perpetuating and making things worse. Yeah. So I, I find it interesting that you talk about that, Tommy, about how, like, D.C. feels really like a liberal place. Um, and I kind of noticed that the last time I was there. Um, but I think it's interesting how people <laughs> outside of D.C., would look in and be like, oh, well, the president's there, so that must mean it's very, like, very uh-huh. conservative, you yeah. know what I'm uh-huh. Like, well, why do you, these people that live near the president think this way, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I yeah. think that's why you can't, like, just like people, a city is not a monolith, right? Uh-huh. Like, it's not re- relative to the person that's, quote, unquote, resides there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But so how do you feel like, for from your perspective, because – you know, I think we all—you know—we all went to church together. We all went to school together. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, and I—I I, kind of differ from Devron in this way: is that like, until really the last election, man, I really didn't care about politics. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm just keeping it—I'm just keeping it 100. Like, I, I just didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, okay, well, like, I'm good. My family's happy. God loves me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gravy, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I had an idea about like think like obviously at the time I was already really you know, starting to fight for injustice and things like that. But like, from a real political perspective, I didn't really have that kind of thought process. So would you say that that's changed for you as well? Like, did that happen when you moved back to D.C. or were you kind of on board with, because I know devon has been in that, like, he was one of the first people to ever talk to me about politics and have like legitimate opinions that weren't Mm -hmm. just like, oh, I'm Republican, so I believe this, or oh, I'm Democrat, Mm -hmm. and I believe Mm -hmm. this. Like, So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I think uh, as I kind of grew, uh, so on the latter end of my um college kind of campaign or career or whatever, I think that's when I started to develop an interest in politics. I don't know that it was very high on my list. I, I think I was more um, involved in like the community work, like what can I do for the community? Because um, I, I, I just felt like that is a, avenue that I can make a real impact in and um, a, a real visible impact and I know when you cast your vote that makes an impact but
2: mm-hmm.
1: so politically I don't know if I was as in tune as um, I am today I think over the last, past several years of my adult life I've been more kind of wheeled in and for I mean that has been one this this last term so it's been about the last four or five years is really my political uh, interest has um kind of ex- propelled forward and then this year there's been a definitely a different type of interest and and just understanding the different type of impact that um that I can make as far as politically and so I think that and I've also had you know I've made some politician friends um uh well friends that are in like local politics. Um yeah, so there's a lot of different um people, a lot of different exposure that I have to politics now than I did uh per se growing up.
2: That's crazy, like being on a cut in a college athlete and having like an interest in, in politics because I would say a lot of people their interests were like for most college athletes I would say like before Politics wasn't on like their forefront.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now you see a lot more athletes being involved in social justice and politics, and just being involved in like what's going on, which is a cool thing because you see athletes using their voice in that way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So to kind of keep the conversation still on athletics and being in DC, uh, you're in you're in like we said like the epicenter of a lot of things that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And one of which is the, well, f- just for the, the sake of ever to be safe right now, you're in the same city as the, the professional Washington football team. Uh-huh. Okay? You know, you know, with the mascot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's, I mean, first of all, it's, it's wild that, like, it's been, it's been this long uh-huh. that like we have, that we have in this conversation. And it's finally, get, it took all this to happen for it to change. Um, but I want to know, like, what are your thoughts on, like, the name change? Like, why the name has to get changed? Like, speak on that a little bit. Um, so
1: this has been a battle for years. Like, I mean, since I can remember, like, there's been a, um, there's just been a thought, like, the name needs to change. And I think, um, the natives, um the natives the indigenous people that you know were here from the beginning they I mean they were persistent with that and they've always been persistent with it and so um I mean there's even a thing going around like like there's a thing and um we say like you know until the name change that the the team is not ever going to (laughs) win you know what I mean like there's just not this that until that name changes like they don't do right by their people they won't see success and I think there i mean there's some truth to that um because uh i mean and 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 just the ignorance of not changing name because you're like oh we've contributed so much money to the native community oh we can and i'm just like but you're missing the point like you you have to do the work and so a lot of people in this area feel as though the name should get changed and there are a lot of people that don't
2: it almost feel like people think that they can just buy off people to still be offensive, like, exactly. your, like your money makes you like can make you non-racist, non-offensive. Like if I donate to this cause, I can't be racist. And so, like a little bit, you see a little bit of that like on social media already. Like mm-hmm. remember the blackout Tuesday a couple weeks ago. Yeah, if I post yeah. this, I can't be racist because look at this black square on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, brother. Like you can still you can still have some racism in your in your in your heart. Yeah. If you, like black square or not. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so that with that, it's just like and then I'm almost embarrassed because I have supported the team knowing that that name is wrong. And, I, you know, I've been to games and, you know, I have I know diehard um, Washington fans um, throughout. Like, and I would consider myself a Washington fan. I'm not really a football guy, but just like. I've spoken up and saying they need to change the name before. But mm-hmm. to actually not have the follow through is just like, it's the same thing when I look at racism in America. It's like, yeah, why are you, why now? Why do you, you want to have the follow through now? You should have, st- if you knew it was wrong, stand on that. And you continue to know it's wrong, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, one of my first dates with my wife, my now wife was at the Redskins game. And so it's just like, well, I'm sorry, well, the Washington um, yeah, yeah, it's okay. I was, I was trying
2: to be politically correct. You don't got to don't, People don't got hear, hear from you every week.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. That. So uh, when this name kind of, when this, uh, uh, when that pressure came out, I'm like, yeah. But at the same time, I could have been applying that pressure on a small scale for a long time, in which I sure. haven't. So that's that. There's a little bit of embarrassment in that.
2: I mean in the same way I kind of feel like this like in a different sense cuz I'm from Cleveland I've been to a lot of Indians games. Yeah. And like but I and I haven't I got a shirt with the with Chief Wahoo on it. And mm. so like when 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 the conversation started I was like yeah I can't be wearing the shirt anymore this ain't, this ain't mm-hmm. right like but we we just blatantly just ignored like a community of people. Mm-hmm. And and I mean we doing the same thing that other the other racial groups do. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, in light of this like like in a gospel lens, like Tommy, I know I like you're a Christian, mhm-, but in a gospel lens, why is it important for us to value other ethnic groups?
1: Well, I think we can first start at the Great Commission, and he talks about go preach to the ends of the earth to every name and tribe and and it also talks about you know how every name and tribe will um call um Jesus Lord and Savior we'll I God, right, so I think from a um on whole 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 gospel perspective, there is this care for every nation and tongue. So as the church, we have to care for every nation and tongue. I mean that is it's written in our Christian DNA.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so and so whether whether they believe or they don't believe, there's a certain ethic or ethos that we gotta that we gotta meet. Yeah.
1: No, because God knew that everyone wouldn't believe um, he, he, but he presented the opportunity for everyone to believe and it is our job as the church to carry out that message to everywhere so that people who would believe or who um, who would believe that we would uh, be able to present that opportunity and say here is the good news what will you do with this yeah I think that's
0: a I think that's a really good point too like I, I think back to uh, Corinthians when Paul is talking to the church and Uh, you know, he had come through and Apollos came through and there was still, like, a lot of bad stuff going on in the church at Corinth. Mm -hmm. And, like, like Paul talks about, like, he planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but Mm -hmm. God made it grow. Mm -hmm. So so I say that to say that, like, what Mm -hmm. we can't do is we can't take the seeds that have been planted by people before us and throw gasoline Mm -hmm. on them.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That,
0: that That ain't gonna, like, That ain't going to do anything. Uh It's probably not going to allow for God to grow those people that are going to come and be believers. Right. Yeah. I mean, God's going to do regardless with or without us, Mm -hmm. but like I feel as though it's our duty and our our obedience to Mm. go and water those seeds. And I think basic care and like love being shown is watering the seeds that have been planted. Uh Right. And so I think that's why it's so important. And, And for me, it's like, The church, like the capital C church, is like the body of, is like Mm -hmm. the body, right? Yes. And we talk about that all the time. Like we're members of the body Mm -hmm. and the body is huge. It's global.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's not just in America. It's not just the Mm -hmm. SBC. It's not just the PCA, right? It's Mm -hmm. not just these small little pockets of people Mm -hmm. and groups, It's a large faction. And when we are missing that point, when we see the people that are in the church as the only people allowed in the doors or people that look like the people that are already inside that church, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: we're missing an opportunity to water those seeds that Mm -hmm. have been planted. Mm -hmm. And we're missing – and we're not doing our Christian duty to love other people regardless Mm -hmm. of their situation, their scenario, their, Mm -hmm. their upbringing. Whatever it might be, we're robbing them of that same privilege that I will say I was given mm-hmm. as a man who looks white mm-hmm. because people su- didn't
1: see me immediately and turn their back from mm-hmm. me, right? And it's- the interesting thing about it is that, like, you know, Christians, you know, we're called to suffer. Like, that's just one sure. thing or another. And, 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 and in, in most cases, we're called to suffer for the sake of righteousness for the sake of not being like this world right yeah but the interesting dynamic about this is minorities in america aren't suffering solely for just righteousness they're suffering because the color of their skin Mm. and so to and and i think the church we we've had we've done this where we say you know well we're called to suffer you know what i mean so so suffering is it shouldn't be abnormal to you but it's like We're not suffering in regards to the gospel. We're suffering in regards to our skin color. And so that is a whole different fight where, honestly, Christians have to go the extra mile to fully encompass and love their neighbor. Because that's why you have all these subcultures as far as, you know, the the Hebrew Israelites and all this, because there's some type they're trying to find black people trying to find some type of identity um in religion and they don't feel like that identity has been cared for in christianity to be
2: quite frankly quite frank with you yeah so what so what should christians so what should christians do to make to to value the the black brothers and sisters our brothers and sisters that are of different ethnicity than the majority white culture
1: well i think one we have to acknowledge that um I think the, the church in America and, and the church in America is such a small, um, like, I think there's two Americans per every, t- I mean, two Americans per every 10 Christians as far as globally. I think I saw that statistic. So in, 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 in respects to America, I think the church um, one, we have to reconcile with inside each other, like with inside the American church, it, there has to be some reconciliation because the the early foundation of the church was built on sin and i'm talking about in america as far as the, slavery, the chattel slavery and and using the bible to kind of justify that yeah so i think there has to be some true and deep reconciliation on that end and then on another end um the church has to be a voice as in back when the beginning of the civil rights movement we had a christian leader at the forefront of that and i think we have all this stir up about Black Lives Matter, how the organization is so bad. I'm like, I get that, and I understand. I don't agree with the full Black Lives Matter organization. I mean, which is more, uh, majority chapter based, but the church. I feel like the church needs to step up and provide an avenue where Christians can advocate for social justice in a way that is honoring, that is to the full glory of God. Thanks. Bro, say that
2: because listen, this is my this is my thing. We have the as a church, we have punted on slavery issues, which is why it lasted for so long. We punted in the civil rights issues, which is why it lasted so long. We're punting on 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 inequities right now, which is why this is lasting so long. And so the response is, well, you know. You get you get groups that we can call we can call them Marxists or whatever, but the issue is the church hasn't stepped up and done its job. If the church is loving people like they should be loving people, we don't got to worry. We don't have to worry about it. like this isn't this is a non-issue because the church is the church is going out. Not only are they worshiping like they're supposed to worship, which you know, but they're they're living they're living it out, mm-hmm. and that's when I, that's when I think like. Right now, we we just we punt on a lot of issues as a church, which why we get we got issues right now. Where you got the world saying, "Well, what can what can we do?" Well, they they're yeah. trying to figure out different situations, but ultimately, as Christians, we got the answer.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. I, I saw this thing yesterday from Justin Gimini, uh the leader of the and Campaign. He said, "Social justice rooted in biblical truth. It's not Mar- Marxist. It's Christ like mm-hmm. that." That said, we should apply a high level of scrutiny to the terminology we adopt, make sure our words leave space for Christian hope and the Christian moral imagination. That's a really important statement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we have to understand that, like, our work, like, <laughs> if if it's rooted in the gospel, right, if we're rooted in the word, then our work can't be categorized by human terms. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, we can't, we shouldn't fall in line with every single high-level political ideology. Yeah. Like, no, we fall in line with the word, mm-hmm. right? And that's what's so important about how we present ourselves. And it's so crucial. Like, you know, Tommy, I think you and I have both been pretty, like, live on social media mm-hmm. <laughs> about a lot of different things. Tom, Tom, hey, Tommy got
2: time. He got time today. <laughs> Everybody's trying to throw shots
0: over here. Hey, Tommy hey, but, got time. Hey, Tom, though, uh, Tom, though, has been a little – uh Hey, Tom's been cutthroat, but I like it. Mm. But here's a, here's a point, though, is that <laughs> the fact is, is that, like, we are called to that space. And when we do it in a way that, like, mirrors, like, the Bible and what we've been, like, taught and how we've read through and processed through what God's called us to, uh-huh. then, like, we can't categorize it in a space that yeah. that has a, a negative political light. Uh-huh. Like, there's going to be people that do that, but, like, it's not. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's gonna be people that want to say that, but it's not. Uh-huh. But I I appreciate the space that you've been in because it's been really encouraging to me uh, t- for you to see you kind of operate and work through a lot of this stuff with different people that I think at the core they really like you, uh-huh. but the second they they disagree with you, they come at your neck. Uh-huh. And like like I love that you just you don't play any games because it's like it's a, like can, can I you, like, you like you like me when they, I'm they, not you like me when I'm not being threatening to your ideology. Yeah,
2: they, 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 while we're on the topic real quick Can I, let me say something real quick go ahead okay you can't you can't like me because i'm that good black guy yeah <laughs> yeah but go ahead don't but then try to put me back in the space when i speak to, when i say something mm-hmm. that you don't like yeah go mm-hmm. ahead if you you like you have to like all of me that yeah includes that the experiences that i that i've had too hmm
1: Right.
2: Mm. That 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 is part of who I am. Is mm. the, the experiences and that and here's the, here's the the cop out that I've heard lately. Don't use your race as an idol, God. bruh. Right, a hundred percent. I agree with that. But here's the thing: my race has informed my experiences, which I've seen the gospel in light of. It like I've seen this gospel scope has been influenced by my experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so yes, this, this gospel stands on solid ground, but the way that I carry out this, go- this this gospel and the way that I understand and try to do it practically mm-hmm. has been affected by my experiences, which includes my skin color. Facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I think another thing that we don't, so on the flip side of that, it's like, don't use your skin color as an idol, and and very seldom do we think of skin color as an idol. But yeah. on the same token, it's like we should have never seen white images of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. So okay. it's like, and, and and now you're ruffling
2: some feathers over there, okay, child? <laughs> yeah. You got time <laughs> and
1: the only reason I say that is because it's like. Anytime you can, anytime you point at somebody, you got four fingers pointing back at you. And that's, that's literally, and like, that's the same concept of before you pick out the speck in someone's eye, get the log out of yours. Mm-hmm. And so, when I'm saying that, is when people put out these kind of accusations against you, kind of, I mean, accusations out against us, let's have a before, as Christians, we should be do some self internal reflecting before we go ahead and say, all right, well, no, you can't do that. Because it's like, no, we get, not only do we have to, we have the uh, responsibility to um, correct and uh, admonish our brothers. We also have to have that same accountability for ourselves. You know what I mean? And so I think with this social justice movement, it's ruffling feathers because it's like, one, we're calling out something. um we're calling out something that is wrong and then people looking at us well y'all do some stuff wrong too and it's just like
2: Uh. (laughs) bro i i and listen listen, i get it okay listen yes black i will put it on the record black lives matter the organization okay they literally have a what we believe Okay, you can look at that, and you can look at the lens of the gospel, and you can, and, and anyone with common sense could say, you know what, these don't line up. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fine. Let's move past that. Mm-hmm. All right. But if what I'm saying, okay, if if as a Christian brother, and I'm supposed to love you and believe and believe you when you're telling me these things, I have no reason to lie to you about about my experience. Mm-hmm. If your first if your first reaction is well, what about black on black? <laughs> you have an idol in your heart, mm-hmm. straight up, because you you're not looking at the blood on the ground of your brother of, of like it may not even be your brother and sister, but somebody that looks like your brother and sister in Christ, mm-hmm. right? And your first reaction is, mm, "What about black on black crime?"
0: Or cops kill more white people than they do black. <laughs> yeah,
2: and- yeah. Then you have a you have a problem. You you are no different. Then then the priest in the in the Levite walking past the, the man that's beat up on the road mm-hmm. and just cause I'm just gonna say, mm, look at look at these stats. I can pull out a stat to justify the idols that I have in my heart. Mm-hmm.
1: And then on that same end, it's like one, you're you're pulling out these statistics and, and, and honestly, they're acting like we ignore the issue of crime in our neighborhoods.
2: Right. but let's talk about why like listen why they why is it like that because listen there's there's a whole bunch of things that 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 involved in that but part of the reason is we ain't got no jobs over there yeah and so people are doing whatever they can to try to survive over there and i'm not justifying violence by any means but i understand like a lot of this stuff is happening in, in these communities because they don't have opportunities, the same opportunities that are happening in these suburbs.
1: And, and, and on top of that, it's like, nah, we actually don't work in the community. So everybody knows about the 11-year-old boy that got shot um, in D.C. over 4th of July weekend. Yeah. Nobody knows about the car parade that ran around Southeast D.C. talking about stop killing our babies. Yeah.
2: Horns honking. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And people say, Well, where's Black Lives Matter at now? And it's just the community is right there. The, yeah. com-
1: the community is speaking up for itself. There's a guy, I mean, and there's a guy, he's a, a leader in um kind of the urban area of um DC and um and he talks about stop saying we're the black stop plan- stop saying we don't march in uh black on black crimes or instances like that, or black y'all say black lives matter in there when just say you're not doing the work. We're doing the work. We're in the community. And, like, and I think it's a special call to people right now saying, get in your community. Not only do we have to attack it from the political scale, we got to do some groundwork, too. Because the, the grassroots. yeah, The community has to be restored from a political level. But there's also this personal responsibility that we have to restore and um, that we have that we need to restore our community as well. It's going to go both ways, because if you just fix the um, system uh, uh, throughout time, it'll get better, but you still have to restore the people.
0: Yeah, and, and I think you guys are speaking to something that's so important to understand is that when you are outside of those spaces, right, if you don't live in inner city, D.C., Chicago, Baltimore, all these places that are, quote unquote, ridden with black on black crime and all that stuff, you should not be allowed to speak on behalf of what is going on in those communities. When stuff like that happens, like, I'm, I'm just going to keep it 100. Like you can't be saying, well, where are they at when this is happening? You don't know what's going on because your news outlets only show you the bad and they don't show you what people are actually doing to fight against that.
2: Right. Right. But this, but this, this is part of the problem Dave. is that like, even in those areas they've been gentrified this is true the only people that are still doing the work is still is still black and brown folks
1: exactly mm-hmm. yeah. so, yes. so you
2: can move into our areas but you can't help us in these areas yes right
1: and and honestly um so one, my church uh anacostia church is one of the first kind of uh, yeah. reformed churches uh and i i don't really like to use the word reform, just bible preaching churches um one of one of not first but one of it's been the first church planted east of the river and I don't know how many years. And so, um, that right there is, um, saying like, you know, the Christian community has to t- have And east of the river is mostly the impoverished area of DC and it's being gentrified now. Um, but what I'm saying is that in this community, um, like the care like gospel care like in urban areas i don't know that we've done a great job at that Mm. and so when when you talk and then my church is pretty multicultural and so we do a great job at being out in the community you see i mean and it's very hospitable people that have moved in the community and i said i'm going to be about the work of the community i know a young Mm. lady in our church who has a neighbor she has a block group she has a neighbor She's gotten really close with this lady. She brings her to church every Sunday. She drives her to the store. She does all this stuff. Actually doing the work to care for your neighbor. And this is a white woman. And then there are black folks in our church that do that. And there are white folks in our church that do that. But it's like, that. Mar- that is a great point that you hit on. Like, don't just move in the community and not do anything. Move in the community right. and help the community. Straight up. Mm,
2: Time you've been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tom. You got time, huh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but you're you're speaking facts, though. Like, I think about my guy down in Louisville. Like, uh, this dude's been working, like, doing so much stuff the last three years. They do every Thanksgiving. They do these meal giveaways. They got people lined up around the block. He's out here hustling all this stuff. And he was on the news during the Louisville uh, uh, protests, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And, people,
0: and and all these people were coming out the woodworks. Well, where have where you been? Like, what do you mean where have I been? I've been here. Mm-hmm. Like, our shop is on the west end of Louisville in the worst spot. Like, we watch c- crimes being committed all day outside of there. I've been there. I've been down in that shop. And, like, these guys are putting in work every single day. Like, it's one of those things that, like, you can't just be on the outside looking in. And you can't just be on the inside looking out, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you got to be on the inside, looking in, grinding, and like I think that we have an opportunity as the church. And you know, a guy from my church, like we're sitting here talking about how we can go and have impact on inner city in Indianapolis. Like, like these are just the types of things that you got to start having the conversations about. Because if you're gonna sit behind your keyboard and mm-hmm. constantly talk about all these things, and you're not willing to go act, then like what what are you gonna act upon? Like what yeah. what, what what's gonna drive you to any kind of action when lives? You know, it, it. You know, oh, I'm not gonna wear a mask because I don't care about other people's lives. And I know that other people, it's not the exact standpoint that they have. But like, it's like the same people that feel that way are the same people that are like trying to debunk Black Lives Matter. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, it's like how, like, how are we, like, who are we to say that like lives don't matter? And I, I know Derek last week kind of mentioned like our lives don't matter in the in the sense of the grand scheme of things and the way that like the the end result, the end goal is to like. Be in glory with God, right? But at the same time, like on this earth, I think we are called to be in a space that says, "Like, hey, like I value you, and I I value you because I want to show you the goodness of God." Yes, and and God would not call me to allow you if I have the resources and opportunities to give you. Mm -hmm. God would not. I I just don't feel called to just let you sit in the space that you're in and not give you any of those resources. Whether that's time, money, energy, a book. I mean, whatever it might be, like resources are endless. Like, yeah. it doesn't just look like, oh, hey, I'm gonna go give you a hundred dollars for your light bill. Like, no, it's more than that. It's, it's teaching Amanda fish and giving him opportunity and all that stuff. Like, like we're called to that space, and everybody's looks different. You know, some people are advocating on their platform, whether it's as a speaker or in their uh, role as a basketball player or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But like, we have the opportunity to find a way to impact our community. So let's go do it.
1: Yeah right? Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, as a church, I think all churches, uh, and I think most churches do work in their community. For sure. And I think that we have to take it a step further. Maybe we've been neglecting the issue of racial inequality. Maybe we have been neglecting the issue of racial reconciliation. And I think You know, and I'm proud of my church and I and I know a lot of people are proud of their churches. Mm. I just think that, you know, as a church body as the whole, like the like Dev I mean, like uh Dave said, the big C, we have to do a better job at that in America. Mm.
2: Hey man, you made me want to go out and go go volunteer right now, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Yeah, that's what's up, bro. I always, I appreciate your heart on these issues. Same. Like at the time we talk, uh, I don't know, we talk, we talk quite frequently uh-huh. and, just, and we talk about these issues, but it's just, it's, it's kind of cool to see like your heart in, in these issues in, in light of the gospel um, and, 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 and the stuff that you that you and your church is doing. Shout out to Pastor T. Hey. Um, but, but everything that you all are doing out there, um, but we'll just keep, keep praying and, and Trying to support you any way we can, man. Yeah,
1: I appreciate that, and um, uh, yeah. So I mean, I'm 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 with y'all, man. I'm uh, I, I'm out here, you know, in in little things like I don't say you don't got to take over the world. Like I just feel like you know, like I just recently volunteered for the local high school. You know, I can bring the talent to them. I can speak to those kids. Yeah. So just on a little scale like that, I think that's what it is and so no nah, and, and yeah and prayer like i said so i i, I appreciate y'all having me on and i uh, just thank y'all for uh, tom we appreciate you bro keep doing work man well thank y'all appreciate it
0: absolutely all right Devin. well until next time peace peace